Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. Oh, welcome back to a special emergency episode of a typical disgusting display. And we're fired up. We're celebrating today. Is it because we don't have to do Johnny jokes? Maybe a little bit, but more because the strike has ended. The WGA strike has ended. And we have someone who's been on our podcast a few times before. He was nice enough to come back in today and talk about the strike and what we won. So please welcome former Family Guy showrunner, former WGA president, current WGA negotiating board member, the hero of the day, Mr. David Goodman. David, thank you so much for coming in today. Welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. This is like the the this is the end of the trilogy. I've done three typical <laughs> disgusting displays, and it's gonna be it's gonna be like like all third chapters really disappointing. <laughs> like like Return of the Jedi, just Return of the Jedi, exactly. First joke of the day, the, you know, of the day. You know, or the third. <laughs> The third Family Guy Star Wars, which I co-wrote. <laughs> we were boy, were we tired by then. Um, but my uh, my compatriot uh, Goldie here has requested the first question. Goldie, so you've Wait, won before this you incredible. do the first question. Yeah. Before, yes. before you do the first question, I'm I'm just stopping everything just to do a shout out to one of your listeners. This is somebody who's a big fan of your show. Yeah, and uh, she she listens regularly. She Dana Walden. <laughs> I know you have a woman, uh, a one woman fan. Her name is her name is Susan Sprung, and the importance to this story is she's married to Chris Kaiser, oh. my co-chair of the negotiating oh, wow. committee. I'm just yes. going to take a second to thank Susan because Chris had to make a lot of personal sacrifices to do what he did for for right. uh, the union and the town. Yeah, and and I know Susan listens, so I'm just saying oh, thank you. That's hi, good. Susan. Well, he, thank he didn't, you. He didn't have to sleep with everyone on the AMPTP, did he? I mean, it's not that kind of a sacrifice. <laughs> I'm so well, glad. I, I just I'm so glad I took that moment. To thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Goldie. Let's get to business. Right. Yeah. Well, I just want to say to Susan, if. You ever want to come on and just talk about Chris <laughs> and sort of his merits and demerits? Yeah. <laughs> open invite. Let you go. Open you know, this invite. Open invite. Yeah, no, so uh, David, you've you know you've won this incredible victory and you've you know really sacrificed a lot. You're a hero to many, not all, but many. <laughs> How does it feel after all this to go back? To being just another fucking writer. Actually, it's my hope I can still be just another fucking writer. <laughs> fucking target on my back. That, no, it's all. It's gonna be fine. It's don't, on your front, David. Come on, the target <laughs> is not. On don't your worry. Back. Don't worry about me, guys. I'm. I'm gonna be fine. 
I'm, I'm really, I'm not nervous. <laughs> well, you, you can you can always come back to Family Guy. I mean, not this season or next season. We're kind of full up, but you just keep in touch. You know, keep in touch. <laughs> like a lot of the offers. It was more Meredith than you, wasn't it? Wasn't it more Chris than you and Meredith than you? Like you weren't that involved. You were there certainly, but like you weren't. I kept trying. You, you're not. You guys aren't being reasonable. This is just this is crazy. <laughs> well, David, David, stop, I'm sure. Stop. I'm sure you're going to have no problem getting a job because you're such good friends with all the agents. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but seriously, David, it's watch. Like talk, I feel like I'm talking to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I, um, well, David, but in all seriousness, and and we've been seeing it uh, on everybody's social media, and you, you know, reposting things. I was watching a lot of the clips of the WGA meeting last night, where you were given just a lengthy ovation. You had a very funny speech and a touching speech about the, um, you know, the strike captains and the lot uh, people who were like our parents. And I noticed you got in there. Uh, giving us snacks. You love snacks. Snacks is <laughs> so like your th- so. Anyone who gives snacks, you're on board. That's, uh, no, that's uh, that that's a big thing for me. Snacks. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew it. Uh, good. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, but seriously, you've been you've been going through this now for five months with the rest of us, but in a unique position because you're you're as uh, you know Lin Manuel Miranda would say, you're in the room where it happened. So. Yeah. When did you feel the change in negotiations and like, okay, we're getting somewhere that this, this might happen for us. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it really, really started about a week and a half ago. Chris and I were having conversations with CEOs. We'd been having them all the way through literally from even before we went on strike, we were, we kept them kind of quiet. We were trying our best to, uh, get them to be reasonable. <laughs> and then really they, they, they really got serious and they want, they wanted to uh, get back in the room with us. And so that last Wednesday, when we started negotiations uh, in earnest with, with the CEOs and they came with some very serious proposals that were very, were really game changing in terms of getting us to the final deal. We said, okay, we're on the path here. We're going to get this now. Still, we had to keep it quiet. You never know; it could have blown up. Right. Uh, but we were like, okay, they're sending signals. That the, the the big thing that they gave us on that first day was this proposal around a success based residual in streaming, which they at the beginning of this and through most of this strike, they said we're never going to do that. And wow. then here they had done this work to actually make this proposal. It's a beginning proposal. It's uh, and it um, it shows that it showed us that they okay they're serious they want to deal they've been saying that that they really want to deal, um, and it, it, it that that was that it was really last Wednesday and then it was like this okay uh, nose to the grindstones let's get let's get this done let's let's what how do we negotiate to the end and that and is what. it is it in the room is it tense or cordial. Is it very formal? Like what what sort of happens? Like you have a table, they have a table, and what what's like the mood and the tone? You know, I, I just want to make this joke. I <laughs> I'm sorry. I I've been, I've said it to, to members and I you know, there's this Bob Iger and Donna Langley and Ted Sarandos and David Zaslov 
having a meeting with David Goodman is not a power move. (laughs) 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 Well, it it might be now. I mean, it might be now. It's Uh, like twice. I think think they're done with me. But I I think. uh, So are they like, I mean, can you feel off them a vibe of like, hey, we're upset? Or is it more cordial, like, hey, we know, like, things have been tense, but, It, it know, goes back, it goes up and down. Ground. I mean, I think that in this negotiation with the CEOs, they they really wanted, wanted to make a deal. It was mostly very cordial. It was mostly, like, that, like we hear you, we're, we're coming to you with something serious. There were moments of tension. Um, wow. There was one funny moment with one of the CEOs. Chris was explaining something and and he said, uh, Chris, enough with the speeches. <laughs> I'm tired of you telling me why this is right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, that's actually wow. I mean a therapist would applaud that statement. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh but but that those that was probably the tensest moment in the in the in the negotiations. Oh. For the most part that those those they were serious they were like okay we got to end this we've got to get to a deal that we can live with and you can live with and uh there were real moments especially around ai uh there were real honest conversations about how we are actually aligned on this subject with them that this is a this is a, a threat to both the creatives and the companies. And uh, that was actually very gratifying to get to a moment where nobody, everybody was done posturing, everybody was done, you know, uh, protecting themselves against looking weak. And uh, we we had this conversation uh, that that was like, yeah, you know, we're we're on the same side of this issue, and that, wow. and we're both scared of spiders too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just try to slip in a little personal. I'm not, I'm not scared of spiders. <laughs> David Goodman, not scared of spiders. You heard it here. We're getting the important facts out early uh, now. But I want to because you you mentioned this AI thing, which I think it was kind of an issue that for many reasons, came to the forefront. It was an issue that uh, gained sort of national prominence as one of the things we were fighting against or fighting for, depending on how you look at it. So I want to talk a little bit about this for a minute because I'm I'm not sure I fully got my arms around exactly what we wanted in terms of AI. And also when my thought of it always is like, oh my God, they're fighting these companies like Amazon and Apple and there's no way that they're going to, kind of cave on AI. So what what ended up happening with those cuz obviously those big companies are part of this deal. So right. what what do you feel like we accomplished with AI and how would you explain it to someone who, you know, has smoked pot every day for 35 years? <laughs> I, I wouldn't first of all I wouldn't. I hey would, man, would just, you are now, man. I would just, <laughs> would just give up. Um no. I uh so the idea, the thing we were scared of, the, the thing that members were scared of is that this idea that writers would be replaced by AI, that they would somehow, uh, the, these companies would take all the all the work that's copyrighted under, uh, you know, that, that they have the copyright on, they'd feed it into their own AI, which they don't have yet, but, but it, it could be coming. Yeah. And they'd spit out a script and either they'd just say, oh, let's make this script or they'd hand it to 
Alec and say, okay, Alec, rewrite this script because clearly it's it's not then, good. But then they'd but give it right, doing... to, right to Goldie and say, make it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the problem with that is then you're you're if that if we let that happen, uh, then there'd be this uh, there'd be issues around credit and also what you got paid because you get paid less for a rewrite than you did for an original thing. And then you, so so we protected that. That can't happen now. Oh, that's um, that that's a really important protection that we have. The first writer uh, is a human writer, yes. uh, and that any kind of sharing of things generated by AI has to be done with consent. And you know, the, the, there are big copyright issues for the companies. That that is a ways that that hypothetical that I was talking about wasn't going to happen in the next three years because there's all these issues around copyright and the fact that that these companies that aren't part of the AMPTP, like Google and the, the, whoever's doing chat GPT, they're not, they're not the companies we're negotiating with. And right. so our, our companies are worried about that. They've got to protect right. the copyright on the things that they own, but we were just protecting about the future that, that as far as these companies that we're in business with are, uh, it, it's got to be human writers. And that, that to me is, is very significant. And that's what people were really concerned about. And actually, the, the the CEOs really expressed regret uh, during this last round of negotiations that that they didn't do something about this before the strike. I mean, it's right. like they weren't giving us anything they weren't going to give us, and that that was our theory going in before the strike was they're going to give this to us. This right. protects them, yeah. and the fact that they said nope, we're not even talking about it really scared us and scared the members that oh they have plans they do have plans to replace us right but they didn't they were just like you know intransigent in negotiations and said we're not talking about this yeah. and I, um, i'm very glad for these protections but i also you know i always come back if i work for one of these companies and we were talking about it i would say first every piano is not a player piano for a reason because <laughs> people like to see human beings do stuff yeah. yeah. And the second would be if I what's the value proposition of an AI movie? Like I say Christopher Nolan is doing Oppenheimer and you say, well, I may want to see it. Take it for it. But if I say to you, a computer's written a movie <laughs> starring Humphrey Bogart reincarnated <laughs> with a younger Sean Young, you'd be like, what the <laughs> what Sean the Young. fuck is that? <laughs> like, it's not interesting. So well, I, I, like, I, I personally don't have the fear in my heart of it. I get why people do. But I, I kind of want to reassure people that like, I, I don't think that's going to make people spend money to see robot generated content. Personally, I, I, I agree. Uh, but I also think that the, the flip of it, which to me, what people were worried about was like, we can pay you less. We can th we can yes. set yeah. out this this AI script that's not going right. to be any good at all, <laughs> and right. give it to a talented writer like Goldie, who's going to make it good. Oh. But we can pay him less. <laughs> you got we him, can David. Pay him less. I'm seeing your negotiating techniques in action here, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> you got Goldie in your. He partner. said my name. <laughs> yeah, and he said I was good. Um, but David, so David, we'll get into some of the. I guess the finer points, but first I want to give you an opportunity. Um, can you uh, speak to like maybe some of the points in this deal that you're most proud of? And then maybe after that, say a, a little something about an issue. Maybe you felt like you didn't get enough traction on. I think to me, you know, we, we started out this negotiation and it really was this kind of holistic idea around compensation. 
that we had this information from our members that they're not getting paid enough to stay writers. And I think about my career, which, as you know, has had a lot of ups and downs. Oh, more and, ups, more ups than downs. Yeah, there were a lot of downs maybe before you were born. And I, <laughs> and there have been real serious moments in my career where my career was about to end, was over. Like right. the call, the phone not only stopped ringing, the wow. nobody picked up on the other end. <laughs> right. like it was done. And then I got a residual check that let me stay and wow. let me, yeah. you know, and and that that wasn't happening for new generations. So I, that's why I always worked in the guild, wanted to work in the guild, because I understood that, like, without it, I wouldn't have gotten to stay in this career. And that, to me, is the thing that I'm most proud of in this in this contract. It's not any individual issue. It's the idea that we have reconfigure the MBA to deal with the streaming model and to protect the writer's room, to protect writers in every field in which they work. We didn't get everything we tried for, but the door is open on so many things and we've shown that we're willing to fight and that will make the next contract negotiations a little easier because they will know that we're fucking serious. Don't yeah. fuck yeah. with us. Don't yeah. play these fucking games. Yes. We're fucking serious. And and as as angry as I am right now, it's not a tenth as what it is to the younger members of the guild who stood up and were lot coordinators and captains and came to picketing several days a week. They are fired up. They do not uh, want to put up with any more of this shit. And it's like. Woo. Remember that two and a half years from now, when we go into negotiations, then the companies will. The companies were very chastised about about this from themselves. They said we made a huge mistake here, and we should have dealt with this a lot earlier. We should not have let this go on this long. Do you think that's the work of this publicist who they hired, who was kind of maligned? Like it, when it happened, people were like, "Oh, look, they have to hire a publicist." But do you think? That had an impact that someone might have gone into these companies and said, like, it's this is just a bad look. And the the diminishment of value from this stance is is greater than sort of the, the payment would be to end it. It's not. A, yeah, it's not. It, it, I mean, the, how it looked was part of it. But the fact is, you know, our theory of the case was 100 percent right. We caused pain to these companies, stopping working, shutting the town down, hurt. Some of these companies, not, you know, you say Amazon, Apple, I don't think we hurt them. But right. the other companies who rely on the broadcast season, who rely on product to generate that, whose only business is making stuff. That to me, uh, that's why they came at the end and said that it's like, this was a mistake. This was a broken process. This should yeah. not have happened. And we're going to work to make sure it doesn't happen again. That to me, is it's more that this strike, the, these people going out on the picket line, had the effect we said it would have. It hurt these companies. There's yeah. always these. There's always these rumors they'll go to January, they'll punish us. Or no, they needed a deal. That's why we got one. Uh, we can, there's always going to be that kind of like uh, instinct to find. Well, who was the big shot who really got this done? The big shot was the Writers Guild of America. It was all those people showing up on the picket line? Yeah, that's so awesome. well said. And do you think? Because I remember, you know, in the last strike of two thousand, what seven or eight, um, 
it feels like there's just a new generation in Hollywood that might be just slightly more inclined to really be fiery about uh, this kind of stuff. I know speaking for myself as someone who was, you know, a younger person in 2007 or eight, but I was still kind of an apathetic asshole about everything. I was just like, yeah, it's a strike. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you remember <laughs> that. Yeah. We all remember that well. Um, but it felt like this time around, like the young people were very charged up about this. I, and do you think that's just like a generational thing? Do you think Hollywood is changing in that way where you, now some of the rank and file who have quote unquote made it are still more inclined to be like engaged with an issue like this? Well, I think it's more a function of what's happening in society. Like I, I think that, and I'm not, I'm no expert, but I think that that uh, this generation doesn't see, uh, uh, this new generation that's joining the workforce doesn't see a path doesn't see a path to the comfortable life that we all have. Uh, and they're right that that the that there's this concentration of wealth at the top. And so that even as you say, people who've made it, well, they've broken in uh, yeah. and maybe they're writers, but they haven't made it. And yeah. they don't know I did how air they're quotes. going. To. I did air quotes when you I did? said oh, it. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that they want a path. They want a path to success and right. they don't see it. And there are too many roadblocks. And that's why they're fired up because it's not just Hollywood, it's America. I mean, it's, and it's tough in all those businesses and coming out of college and with debt and that hard to make the, in, the income you need. And then you don't know well, when, when do I become a success and, and all, all those things. Right. Uh, that's really at the, at the core of it. Okay. Well said. Um, now I want to talk uh, for a minute because it, it this felt like, the issue that I was always locked onto selfishly was this issue of streaming residuals, which was mm -hmm. something that had not been figured out. I think I saw some statistic and you can correct me if I'm wrong that, you know, Netflix started pushing that show suits. And right. so I saw some st statistic that's 3 billion minutes of suits was watched on Netflix and right. that the entire writer's staff for that got paid $3,000 like yeah. over the, Staff. So that sounds absurd. And obviously right. that's broken and needs to be fixed. So how was that fixed and how will it affect somebody? Will it affect somebody who has written stuff in the past that's on streaming or does it only affect stuff moving forward? It's really only affecting things moving forward, unfortunately. I and mean, that's sort of part of the problem with these contracts is that there's a grandfathering in of old things. And right. Um, however, we have now two two things around streaming residuals that that are important. One, we've approved, we've improved our fixed residual, and it's a it's a pretty good residual uh, for you know an episode or a movie uh, that airs. And we've increased the foreign residual that that these these streaming companies. That was are, impressive. I, I just yeah. want to say, like, yeah, when I no, that, at that, that number that was impressive. Uh, you know, and that's that's so you've got that fixed residual for everything, and and I think you'll start to see. On new on newer stuff that either is made for streaming or is sold for to streaming, like that newer things, you're you're going to start to see better residuals. Uh, oh, it's great. just that the older stuff, we didn't have that on those contract suits as an older show, and it is unfortunate because I think that it's kind of crazy what's happened with that show. It's a great show actually. I watched it when it was on USA. Me anyway, too. but. 
<laughs> that's, uh, so we have that. And I, yeah. and I think that over the next three years, members are going to start to see, oh, oh, these streaming residuals, they're actually not bad. We're, we're actually doing okay. Um, but then we have this new thing too, which is we, we also wanted something around something that measured great success outside outside success family guy level success that if a streamer made a show that exploded that the creators and the writers on those shows would see something and we and we got that too and it's a metric they figured out based on how it was watched that's what they came back with that last wednesday and it's not perfect but it 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 it's not it's better than anything we have before we've opened the door to the idea of of success based residuals so we have we have both of those and i and, and i i'm feeling very good about that like we we solved or began to solve that problem well let me ask cuz i i think what you're going to start to see is is sort of what's happened with yellowstone where maybe the networks in a vertically integrated way start running stuff that was on the streaming platform on their broadcast platform and vice versa. Well, those things. So in the future, say if you do a show for Peacock and then NBC grabs it and runs it, will those be two separate pay structures that you will get? Or will it be sort of just a one-time payment for the medium in which you originally created the show? I, I, I think that, I don't want to answer that question without fully knowing the answer. Okay. Uh, ha- however, that wasn't a gotcha question, uh, yeah, but it just... ended up being one. Yeah. Should, we I, talk, uh... should we talk to Chris Kaiser's wife? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can get on the phone. That would be great. So you're saying if it go if it's on Peacock and then they throw it on, and then they go to NBC because I I feel like this is what's going to start to happen as you know maybe on their side they contract things a little bit that they. They realize that people who are watching Peacock might only watch Peacock be totally unaware of NBC, like my kids. People, <laughs> older people like my mom who watch NBC don't, are never going to access Peacock. Right. The, right. the thing that ignore, that gets ignored in all that, and again, this is, is that the fact of the matter is the network still gets a larger share of the audience than, uh, than the streamer. And yeah. the, the way they do that is with advertising and marketing and so they couldn't really do that. They could, they may do that. And there, I think there will be sort of a consolidation that streaming and broadcast will sort of become one. But for right now, the, the reason that NBC still exists is they still get a larger larger audience on that than they do on Peacock, a much larger audience. And so if you're going to, but if you're going to put something on the broadcast network, you've got to have that run up and you've got to say what it is. So right now we're protected on that, but I, I feel like, that could change. Should we right now trademark Breaming and Strodcast? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love it. What was that? What was the first word? It sounded Breaming. Like... Breaming. It's broadcast and streaming. Breaming. Strodcast. Breaming. I feel like this I thought could you be... were saying something else and it sounded dirty. No. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Goldie, that's a good idea. TM, a typical disgusting display. Breaming. Yeah, we got we now own Breaming and Stroudcast. <laughs> David, we'll cut you in on that. We'll cut you in on the foreign that's, residuals. That's, that. great. <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> great. We've got we've got all sides of David. Oh my god, today. I'm so happy. The annoyed side. <laughs> I can tell. Um, yeah. So I, in the 2008 strike, one of the um, issues that we were fighting for back then was dvd residuals and then very quickly it wasn't alec i'm sorry 
Okay, cut me off. What, what, tell me. That had nothing to do, had nothing to do with DVD residuals. It was only about uh, coverage uh-huh. on the <laughs> See, Goldie again. <laughs> this is just what we dealt with the other day. Every time I struggle, Goldie gets a huge grin on his face. I, I just, you know, that's this kind of myth that that's what the fight was about. No, it was only about coverage on the internet. I mean, that's, that's literally what the fight was about. Okay, so you've heard Everyone this before. Everyone knows you, that. You, you've had this thrown at you before then, clearly. Well, it's I mean, thrown at me, it's like... <laughs> It's so stupid. It's not, oh, no. So now you're making Goldie Alec. way too happy. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I, Alec, you know, I know you didn't really pick it in 2007 or really pay attention at all, but it's like he's going to... full nuclear. I didn't ask the gotcha question. That was that guy over there. He's there in my box. I'm here to treat you as the hero you are. The Rudy, oh, that's not, Rudy that's Rudiger. That's away really soon. Rudy Rudiger carried out of the WGA meeting. Uh, what, what, based on your fake knowledge of 2007. <laughs> still going <laughs> he's still going well i'm not going to ask that question then because i've been so thoroughly smacked on the nose with the news but well, we didn't get anything on dvd residuals in this deal i i'm sorry that is a big fault that fail. was not Hell part yeah. of the question although my mom still does buy dvds occasionally which i find very strange i do too unfortunately <laughs> It's very weird. This is. I'm yeah. gonna show you what I, I'm gonna show you one I bought recently. I went. It's the Quincy. Uh, anyway. Oh, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> it's I not streaming. That. It's not streaming anywhere. So I, had to I buy saw. The I saw something about one of the cast members on Quincy who played like the forensic pathologist yes, or something. Yeah. And Robert he, Ito. He well, it was maybe a maybe him, a different okay. guy, but he went and established his own real. Like he really was that. And he oh, was, really he he oh, popped up know. he popped up in like a dateline as someone who helped solve the oh, case. That's so wow. cool! So that that's really Googleable. Cool. Look at that! I'm I'm fighting my way back. Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting my credibility. Way back. Yeah, what else could I talk about with David to make him like? Yeah, you might want to double check that and see if it's true. But <laughs> I love you, Alex. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so going back to the streaming residuals part of it, so. Yeah. You're basically telling me I need to start insisting that my name be on Family Guy episodes as written by if I want to make any real coin here going forward. Not to make this all I'm kind of shocked you didn't know that up to this point. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. I like to pretend to be so selfless in this job. And now it's. Well, you also, I think, yeah, I mean, you also don't actually want to sit and write a script. So. That's true. That's a very good point. Writers who hate writing, you, you have heard that well. Um, well, now what else can I ask here and not get fucking yelled at? <laughs> so did you, I had an idea for, for an alternative pay structure. I'm curious if it made it in the room, which was the PPJ model. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Pay per joke. So here's how it works. <laughs> you get something in the script. You walk over to an ATM. They hand you $600. <laughs> you then walk into a separate room where there is a casino. With roulette, some games. The casino is co-owned by the Writers Guild and the studios. Mm, interesting, interesting. And so you take your new joke money and you can uh-huh. like let it ride. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then everyone wins. I've like, why can't this. we do that? Why does it that. always have to be a percentage of this and that? Like, why can't it be straight cash for jokes and then w- try to win big? <laughs> Am I supposed to yes and this or something? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, to do. I'm sorry. I completely if, bailed. I had to buy like... time while Alec rebuilt his self-confidence. <laughs> Thank you. That's no, very helpful, Goldie. It's very helpful. <laughs> I like that method. Now, before we get to uh, Betamax residuals, I wanted to talk uh, for a minute about uh, staff 
minimums on these streaming yes. shows. So right. there were some gains made in that area. Can you lay those out for us? Yeah, sure. So the idea that the trend that was happening was there was this sort of downward pressure on writing staffs. And there was actually a fear, and it was actually starting to come to pass, that writers were being pressured into having no staff and having to do all this work, not just the writing, but also even through production. And, and what we did was uh, we codified the writer's room. That actually wasn't anything that was in the MBA ever. But now we have these protections that say, if you're doing a show, if, you, if you're going to hire any writers, you've got to hire a minimum number of writers, depending on the number of episodes you, you get. And then some of those writers have to stay on through production so that it's not just one showrunner handling everything while the show is being shot. And, and uh, which, especially in comedy, is a necessity that you need. You need a Goldie. You need a. You need an Alec. Yeah, pitching, you... helping you pitch. Helping you... <laughs> is um... is production? Does that mean through the actual shooting? You know, taping, or does that mean like through the editing to final cut? I mean, that doesn't. It doesn't include uh, post, but it does include like the production of the show. And um, uh, I think I just saw your wife back there. Yes, anyway, that um... wasn't my wife. That's oh. why she closed the door. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That wasn't. <laughs> but. Uh, so we got that. We 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 now the the writers room is codified in the MBA, and the, and that's uh, that's going to protect jobs. It's going to make sure that those jobs are uh, are there, and that you you're being paid a certain amount of money for a certain length of time. We added so many of our writers are are making minimum because their their pay is being spread out over such a long period of time that you would have people at the top of the food chain, executive producers, making the same amount of money as staff writers. And we felt like there had to be at least some acknowledgement of experience. Uh, so we added a new minimum tier so that there's now a writer-producer minimum that's above this story editor, executive story editor. It's like nine and a half percent above that. And wow. so there's a lot of ways in which like writers, if you get the job, you're going to be making um, more money so that you can maintain a, a life. Um, we also got script fees for staff writers, which is something we've been uh, That's trying huge. to get for years now that they're, they're for many years. If you were a staff writer for since the sixties, if you were a staff writer on a show, they could just charge off your script fee, so you wouldn't get that extra script fee. That's over. That that is now. Yeah, that's a big thing. That's that that's means a, uh, a lot to the people who need yes. it the most at that yes, lowest absolutely. level. Um, now, can you get into some of the specifics in terms of numbers of writers on staffs and numbers of episodes that you know they right? They, so yes, I can. I have them right here. There you go. Nice. It's the um, Karnak bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you're uh, Fuzzy door. if you're uh, up to six episodes, the minimum number of writers is three writer producers. One of them's the showrunner. So yeah. that writer producers co-producer to co-EP. Um, there was some concern that they they won't be hiring any staff writers, but it's it's not really that big a concern because staff writers one are the the easiest to hire, the cheapest to hire. There will still you know this is a minimum. It's not a ceiling. Right. Um, seven to 12 episodes you get five writers three writer three of them have to be writer producers one of them is the showrunner uh and then 13 plus episodes six writers three of them being writer producers and so uh and that that's that's pretty good as a minimum it's 
pretty good as a floor that you're always going to have at least if you if you're doing a show with with the writing staff that you're going to have that as a minimum that they well, can't make you do with less. Yeah, that sounds great because it, as you said, it that didn't exist before. No, like it so, it's not like we're coming up from two to three. It's like right. we're coming up from there are no rules to here right. are the new rules. No, the minimum staff size before this was zero, and now yeah. we have we have. <laughs> you know yeah zero that sounds like a dream staff to work on goldie you and i should work on a staff with zero. Oh, oh your family guy compadres are like what they don't like working with us oh come on we like some of them <laughs> um well now a pressing question and we've had a lot of uh a lot of people buzzing in about this is were you able to get some pizza for kirker in this strike he desperately needs some pizza. <laughs> it's so funny that that became this. I, I don't remember saying that ever. You don't? But, but Kirker, get some pizza. I, <laughs> I, I, Kirker, get some pizza. I, no, I, you were, I, it was what you wanted more, to say, right? There was, but a little I don't more, there was more energy behind it. Kirker, we'll get, get some pizza. It's we'll more like annoyed, the... maybe, maybe slightly annoyed. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. Kirker, get some pizza. I don't yeah. know. I, we're getting there. We'll, we'll get good. it in the booth. I'll work for I'll work for real, though, how how what is your approach to going back to writing now, like taking off the negotiator hat and going into writing? And and I mean, you joke about you feel there's a target on you. I mean, do you does it really feel that way, or no, does it, is this it really just the feeling of of I'm, like every writer has of everyone's against me? You're facing the abyss that you were facing when the strike started. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel there's a target on my back. I feel like enough people, uh, or, or it's a wash. Like my notoriety is is a generally a positive thing in this business, even if it's negative notoriety. So I feel like <laughs> it kind of before I was a guild leader, nobody knew who I was. I mean, right. nobody. Uh, I I think that actually during the agency campaign, the funny thing sort of happened, which was, uh, you know, I was in the trades all the time because the the, because I was the enemy of of the agencies. And I think what happened is a lot of people uh, were exposed to me for the first time. They looked at my credits and they realized. Oh, oh, this guy's actually a working writer. Oh my and, God. And I got a lot of meetings out of that because it was like people wanted, well, one, there were meetings where literally there was no job. They just wanted to hear about the agency campaign. But, You're right. but, but, uh, but, but so I think it's a bit of a, a watch. There may be some people with, with hard feelings, but I, I, I don't feel it now. And I certainly didn't feel it with the CEOs. Again, it ended uh, very cordially, very like we, we came together, we got come on the yacht. Yeah. Yes, cigars, have a cigars on the yacht. Yeah, no, um, but you never know. Uh, and there may be, you know, I mean, you never know. You don't know what the consequences are. But I, I still know the same people I knew before the strike who would seem to like working with me, at least pretend to. So. <laughs> yeah, right. well, you don't need us to say it because we've said it many times before. But I mean, it, it, this year has been so interesting for you because you've just been through, you know, another big fight in Hollywood and been the tip of the spear. Um, but then 
just before that, just before the strike, you were, you know, you won a big, you won a Writers Guild Award <laughs> for uh, Honor Society, which I've said several times on here is great. It's, it's so now good. we can say it's on Paramount Plus and you should definitely watch it. It's also it is, on Amazon Prime, too. Am, Amazon Prime, there you go. And, Two of and, our good buddies. And I think uh, Delta Flights. So you can watch it on the airplane. <laughs> oh, Delta Flights. <laughs> Maybe but, book yourself to Seattle and then just check it out. Just check it out. See, it's a perfect link. It is very fun. But you're an excellent writer. We, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to work with you in two places and at Family Guy, which is certainly one of the ups in your career, and at Dad's, which might be considered a down. But I will say, and, and I'm talking to both of you now, Goldie, you know, you were like uh, John Henry, some mythical figure in that uh, dad's room where you were cutting down tree, doing, you know, you did everything. And, and David, your, your guidance, you know, in terms of like what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing was uh, invaluable. Obviously, it didn't result. It didn't come out <laughs> on the screen. Clearly. But I mean, it, no, you. I felt so much more comfortable having both of you guys in there. But that's just a long way of saying, like, I, I cannot believe that you're not going to be working as long as you want to in this business. Well, you know, I mean, every- let's repitch dads like where are the guys now where are the dads now are there grandkids Uh, you know i i don't think of you know it's funny i don't really think of dads as a down any job is not a down yeah (laughs) that's true but also that show i loved working on that show so much because you had all these older writers and i'd make references that they would get yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, like I, you know, all those old Simpsons guys, they were like laughing. My, I was like, oh, everybody got that reference. That's great. Right. Uh, I very specifically remember talking about Kukla, Fran, and Ollie in that room, <laughs> yeah. and it not seeming strange to anyone. <laughs> we yeah. had our finger right on the pulse. On the pulse. Um, well, is there, David, is there, because thank you for coming in today to talk about this, because yeah, this just you. happened last night. And JC, thank you for agreeing to do mm. another episode this week. I know you have a lot of editing work and uh, other work you could be doing. So <laughs> I appreciate pleasure. you churning this out as fast as possible. But David, is there is there anything else you want to, uh, is there anyone you want to thank? Is there anyone anything else you want to say to the WGA members? I mean, do you have any kind of like overall thoughts here? No. No, I, 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 thanks everyone thanks, yep i i was it's, like it, it, the opposite of yes and yes first of all i i thank you guys i love coming on here and it's it's we always so fun so thank you but uh, that's but also, what i was getting at i know but but you know it's it, it really is there's this instinct in the town to create a narrative away from what actually happened and the narrative whenever the guild goes on strike was that there was this this the showrunners who pressured us to get back in the room or, or, you know, a big agent pressured me. Yeah. Like that would work, but that, (laughs) but that, that, that happened and that's how it really ended. And it's really important that nobody accept that story. That isn't in any way true. What happened is, is just the, the, the straight simple story is that these, this, this union went out on strike what stayed together stayed strong it's it sounds corny but it's absolutely absolute truth another union joined us uh, we got support from these other unions every and that's what yeah. got the companies to make a deal everything else is bullshit that's yeah. the story and and we're just going to have to keep telling it because the instinct is no it had to have been a big shot no it was 
it was labor standing up for itself and that that that's always that's what i'm going to be saying for years because i think there's just this effort to take the credit away from the people who got us here and that's literally the picketers the lot coordinators the captains the wj staff that's how we did it yeah that's amazing very well said i was going to give you the opportunity to uh, thank seth for his five million dollar donation i I seth honestly this yeah you're making some joke but i (laughs) i (laughs) i am very lucky and one of the reasons i've been able to do the the guild work that i do without really fear of it affecting my career is seth is always behind me he's always supportive he's always like keep going i'm there and I, that's a that's a gift that I have, and and I mean that sincerely. He he doesn't listen though, doesn't so. No, he does not. No. So we can so say not hear, good. I don't want. He doesn't it. know how to get podcasts on his. phone. I don't want his. I don't but want he can get them on his TV. If he heard what I said, it might make his head swell. I don't want right. yeah, yeah, he'll never hear it. He'll never hear it. Um, well, David, that's incredibly well said, and and again, thank you, thank uh, you from from me, from from Goldie, from all the writers for the incredibly hard work. You put into this very necessary fight and you guys won and we're here on the other side. We're so happy for you and for all of us. And thanks for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And JC. Thank you. (laughs) That was fun. And it stops right now. Kirker, get some pizza. Kirker, get some pizza.